Hey, this is Lee Snow. I'm the preacher of Orange Springs Road Church of Christ, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for downloading today. I hope it inspires you. I hope it builds your faith. I hope it gives you a perspective to see what God wants to do in your life. And I hope it challenges you to a faithful tomorrow. I know that Brother Lee is uh, not here today, and he asked me to bring the lesson this morning. And to me, it's always an honor and a privilege to stand before you to be able to preach God's word. The Bible says that ye that are weary, come to me. And I tell you this morning, as we go throughout our daily lives, we're all inundated with some type of challenges and trials that we have to deal with. It has been read to you this morning, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. And it reads, and I like to read it again. It says, Blessed by the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercy and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions, so that we may be able to comfort those that are in many afflictions with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For just as the suffering of Jesus Christ are ours in abundance, also our comfort is in abundance through Jesus Christ. My sermon this morning is about encouragement. You know, we go throughout our lives on a daily basis, and sometimes we have ups and downs. You know, when life is tiring, when you're struggling with sin, when family members are not saved, and when bills are not paid, when school is difficult, and when work is exalting, when your health is failing, when your loved ones are hurt, when the future seems unsure, And when a good friend leaves, it is easy to be discouraged. But I also forgot to mention this morning that this sermon I'm going to bring to you is a very short sermon. So I just want to warn you of that fact. You see, when we look at discouragement, we have to understand discouragement is like a thief. It steals your energy, your zeal your joy and peace and happiness. If discouragement dwells long enough with you, their friends will sure join you. You may ask this morning, who are his friends? They are fatigue, hopelessness, despair, self-pity, depression, doubt, and bitterness. Sometimes discouragement can be, can be so strong that you even perhaps don't want to go on living. Discouragement is dissatisfaction with the past, distaste for the present, and distrust of the future. It is a result of blindness. It is ingratitude for the blessings of yesterday and indifference to the opportunity of today. 
and insecurity regarding the strength for tomorrow. It is an unawareness of the presence of God and unconcerned for the needs of your fellow man. You know, that is such a challenge that we have to deal with. But if we have nothing to rely on, or if we forget our blessing and look to our circumstances, then I would say that discouragement have taken hold. Instead, the Bible tells us that we can defeat discouragement. How's that, you might ask Brother Neely? Instead, what we need this morning is encouragement. Everybody likes to be encouraged to ensure that they're doing the right thing. Encouragement can lift a person from the bottom to the top. We need hope and peace in the knowledge that the Lord knows our troubles and has great concern for our compassion for us. And he's not leaving us unloved uncared for. But in order to do that, we have to do something that is so important. That is keeping our eyes on Jesus Christ is the best way to be encouraged. In him, you have comfort, peace, and encouragement. It doesn't matter what you're going through. Always remember this battle is not yours, not yours alone. When we take it to the Lord, we know that he's going to be able to help us get through. The old saying is that he may not come when you want him, but he's always on time. In him, you can have comfort and in peace and encouragement, knowing that he's working whatever ailment or affliction that you're going through. Throughout the history of the Bible, we see that even in the Old Testament, that when Israel had to go before battle, God was with them. Only when they failed to honor and trust in God, they did not win some of those battles. If you ever get a chance to go back and read the book of Joshua, chapter 6 through 9, about the city of Ai, you will see at that particular time that God did not deal with the children of Israel until they came back and trusted in him. You need to find him in his word and by faith rest your confidence in him. Well, you may ask, because be encouraged because God is a merciful and comfort God. The Bible says that in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, Blessed by God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercy and God of all comfort. That's such a powerful statement. God is called the Father of mercy. What does it mean when we say God is called the Father of mercy? It means compassion, pity, and mercy. And it is something that is felt in the heart. That is God's very heart. I want you to know that his mercy is toward you, no matter what you're going through. The 
Bible says that he is the author of mercy. His mercy toward you brings salvation, the forgiveness of sins, and delivers from eternal damnation. And this because of Jesus Christ, because of his sacrifice, and because that he shed his blood on the cross for the sins of the world. God is a God of mercy. The Bible says that in Psalms 86 and 5, you are forgiving and good, O Lord, abounded in love to all who call to you. When you call on the name of the Lord and you ask the Lord for prayer for what you're going through, he's going to be there. Sometimes we live in such a world that we want instant gratification. We want to be able to see things right away. But just keep in mind, he's already worked things out. We just can't see it, but we have to trust in him. We have to believe that he will. In the Greek, the word in the Greek for comfort is called parkeep, parlis. What does it mean, parlis? It means exhortation, comfort, and encouragement. In fact, from the word, another word that is called partesos, which is used as the holy king of the Holy Spirit. That is why the Spirit is called the comforter. We know that in John 14 and verse 26, and it says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father was sent in my name, and he should teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. And whatsoever I have said unto you, the Bible shows us here another example how Jesus told his apostles, don't worry about what needs to be said. I'm going to send that comfort to you. He's the same God as he was yesterday. It's the same God as today. When he says he's going to do something, you believe that he will. And he will. The Bible goes on to say, he is the comforter. All this shows that God is the, is the God of comfort, of exhortation. How do we know that? Because when we read his word, we find that he, how God has always been there to help his people. All comfort comes from God, who is the God of comfort, of mercy, and love. I want you to know that it's not an angel or a cosmetic force, a pill or a psychiatrist, or a quick and clever slogan that, that, is, that is meant to warm your heart and lift you up. It is not that. It is God. But you may ask the question this morning, well, how is it that I can receive this comfort? Well, it is by faith. Because God says he's the God of comfort. When you need, then you need to believe it and act upon it. That is, you need to trust him and receive his confidence as he is provided. 
You know, sometime in life that <clears throat> we as Christians, when we're going through something, we begin to meditate on the word of God. But it seems like somehow the Lord always sends someone along to be able to comfort you in time of need. There was an old saying that was said one time, how true it is, I don't know. There was this man who was working on his job, and he was a Christian. And he was really struggling trying to provide for his family. And payday had passed. He had no money. And his friends, and he didn't have any money, enough money to buy food for his family. So the friends on the job saw what he was going through. So they decided to play a trick on him. So they got off from work early that day. And as the man came home from work, he had been praising God all day long. And as he approached his house, he saw food, a grocery bag sitting on the porch. And he began to praise the Lord. So his friends jumped from behind the bushes. And they told him, they said, fool, God didn't give you that fool, we did. He turned around, he looked at them, he said, even God used a sinner man for a blessing. Amen. So what I'm saying is from others, God used people to comfort you. When you have a problem, doesn't the Lord seem to send someone to encourage you with word, a helping hand, or a shoulder to cry on? Through his word, reading and hearing, the word of God are, are beautiful, and they're there for our instruction as well as our encouragement. By the Holy Spirit, he is called the comforter, the comforter that dwells in us as well. So I want you to Take encouragement because God is there in our affliction. He knows what you're going through. He knows. But don't give up. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4, Who comforts us in all of our affliction? Different translations use different words to mean the same thing so that we may be able to comfort those who are in many afflictions with the comfort in which we ourselves are comforted by God. You've heard the old saying before, is when you're talking with your friends and someone is going through something in life, you say, I understand what you're going through because I've been there. I said affliction. We know about certain things. Affliction comes in all different shapes and sizes. And that is true. Sickness, financial difficulties, loss of loved ones, unsure future, an automobile accident. But also, this is something that is very, very important. Affliction occurs in the heart in the very heart 
that, that place where we are frustrated, confused, and hurt. The question is this morning is why do we have affliction? Because we live in a fallen world. And it takes a world with troubles in it to train Christians to their highest calling as a child of God and to carve their own role, soul, the features of the face of Christ. You know, sometimes if we, if we do not go through things, we won't understand what other people are going through. It's easy to say to someone, goodwill, be happy, and be merry, but yet, if you don't understand what they're going through, it's difficult. James says in chapter 1, verse 2 through 4, the Bible says, Consider it pure joy, my brother, whensoever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develop perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete and lacking nothing. So then, the question is asked, afflictions are a way of making you better. Sometimes when we're going through things, we can't see that. But we always see it, see it once we have gone through it, because how does it make you better? It makes you better by being able to understand the important things in life. It makes you better because it allows you to be able to help someone else that's going through that same situation. It makes you better because when you see someone, you understand. And that is so true. And that is how we should tackle situations when we find ourselves going through life changes. As a testing and strengthening of your faith as a Christian, it seems like sometimes we look around, we see others that are not Christian, but their life seems to be going smooth with no problems at all. But that's okay. God knows what we're doing. He's there for us. Through the comfort and mercy of Jesus, we understand that it's important. I want you to know you don't have to worry about whether or not he's going to take care of you. I say again, we don't have to worry about whether or not he's going to take care of us. He already has. We just can't see it. He already has. He is currently doing so now. He will continue to care for you. After all, aren't you more valuable than the sparrows that he feeds? You should be encouraged because you can be an instrument of comfort to others. That is so true. The Bible says again in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction, any affliction, 
You know, believe it or not, church, when you as a Christian comforts someone else, you know, God is glorified. Yes, he is. He's glorified when we comfort others. Being used by God makes you feel good. However, that's not the only reason to help someone. But it does feel good when the Holy Spirit uses you for a good cause. You need to praise God and have an affliction so that you can help others. How many of you, you don't have to raise your hand this morning, because of a trial, have been able to help others better because of that trial? It's true throughout life. We have gone through something. The old folks will always say to the young folks, you know, you're 29 and I'm 59, but yet I've been 29, but yet you have not been 59. So what I'm telling you is good advice. You see, God does not comfort you to make you comfortable, but to make you comforters, which is so important. A lighthouse are built by people who have gone through trials and tribulations as a sailor who has been shipwrecked. Roads are widened by mangled motorists. Hospitals are built by those who were once sick. Where nobody suffers, nobody cares. I say again, where nobody suffers, nobody cares. When you suffer, you learn to care. That is true. Because you always revert back to, I understand where you're coming from. I understand what you're going through. This is why God does not comfort us to make us comfortable, but to make us comforters. Don't forget that Jesus Christ suffered first. He gave his life that we may have the opportunity to be able to serve him and be with him in heaven one day. You should be encouraged because the comfort you receive from God comes through Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 5 says, But just as the suffering of Christ are ours in abundance, also our comfort is abundance through Jesus Christ. What does this mean, Brother Neely? This means that all comfort, all encouragement, and hope that you receive through people, through the word, or through circumstances, are filtered through Jesus Christ. God always sends someone along to help us when we're going through something. Therefore, I say this morning that comfort is pure good and right. It is received by faith. Where our suffering are abundance, 
it is also our comfort. This comfort is a spiritual comfort received by faith and by active choice. My conclusion here this morning, I want to let you know a few things. Encouragement is something that belongs to you as a Christian. I say again, encouragement is something to you that belongs to you as a Christian. You don't have to live in a world of hurt and doubt. You don't have to live alone. You don't have to weep in solitude. You have the body of Christ to lift you up. You have the word of God to teach you. You have the Holy Spirit indwelling in you to warm your very soul. You have God of encouragement, I want you to know this morning, waiting to show you his mercy and his love. But you need to trust him. You need to remember the Lord's teaching, blessing. You need to depend on him. I know sometimes it may seem like a struggle when you're trying to depend on him when you're going through these trials and tribulations. But also keep in mind, keep your eyes on Jesus and him alone. Jesus said in Matthew 28, Sorry, Jesus said in Matthew 11, 28, Come to me, all ye are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So I just want you to know that this battle is not yours alone. I want you to encourage you that the Bible has shown many examples of that God will fight your battle if you're true and trust in him. At the end of every service, we always offer the invitation. If you're not a Christian this morning and you want to be saved today, you have heard Romans 10, 17. You believe that Jesus is the son of God. John 3, 36. And all you have to do is confess his name before men. Romans 10. Once you have confessed his name and you repent of your sins and you have been baptized and continue to study his word. For those that have already obeyed the gospel and need to make some correction in their lives, Please come forward as we stand and sing the song that has been selected.